There are several memories I have of my life when I was still living with my parents. One of those memories was my mom would give me my sister and then my brother, because my little baby sister was not yet there. She would give the three of us almost every day 25 cents. And then we would walk into Benny's Supermarket in Dexter, Georgia. It no longer exists, by the way, so if you Google Benny's Supermarket, it's long, long, long gone. But with that 25 cent, my mom basically told us we could do whatever we wanted to do with that. So we would buy either a Coca-Cola in a bottle or, or and a bag of potato chips or crackers or a candy bar. Each, the Coke was 10 cent. The candy bar, the chips, whatever, that was 10 cent. Then we had five cent left, and we would buy what we called penny candy, which might have been a Hershey's Kiss or a Fireball or something else like that. We didn't understand taxes. I guess my mom paid the taxes. So, or maybe Mr. Benny just paid the tax for us. I don't know. But we would walk out with our almost daily snack with the 25 cents that my mom gave us. Now, that was... By the way, that was a lot of money back then. I mean, that was a sacrifice that my mom made. A little later in my life, uh, my, dad, my dad taught me, basically, we work. And on our farm, there were things that had to be done. It was not negotiable. It wasn't, I don't feel like it. It wasn't, I don't, I'm not going to do it. It was, it was expected. And so I worked on our farm and I did what I was told most of the time. And as I reached my 15th birthday, my dad made a deal with me. He said, I've never paid you to work for me other than giving you food and shelter and clothing. And that was your payment. In other words, you live here, you're a kid, I brought you in the world, I'm caring for you, but I want to do something a little extra. And my dad basically told me, and he showed me this one little plot. It was one acre of land. He said, I will pay for everything on this one acre plot of land, meaning the, the diesel for the tractor, the, the seed, the fertilizer, everything. And whatever is harvested from that one acre is yours. You'll get to keep that money for yourself. I don't remember the exact amount I made, but it was maybe $100 that I made after the soybeans had been harvested, and that was, that was my pay for the year. I was a little disappointed because I wanted to buy a car. My dad said, welcome to farming. He said, you make it and you don't make it, and just think about it, I had to pay for everything else. Well, the next year, he decided to give me five acres of land, and... I had my previous savings, and that year I made a little more. I ended up between the two years with $600 to buy a car. Some of you are thinking, oh, you're going to buy a car for $600? That was a long time ago. So the car that I wanted was a, a Chevrolet Monte Carlo. They don't make those anymore. That's what I wanted. And I wanted a new one. A new one, I think, was maybe three or $4,000. Now, do the math. I was very short of that. My dad basically told me this. You can't afford a new car. 
I'll help you find one. He found a 1967 Ford Galaxy 500, baby blue in color. It was $700. And he looked at me and said, I've checked it out. The engine's great. The transmission's great. I asked, does the radio work? And he said, yes, the radio works. It's an AM. And I said, oh, it doesn't have FM? FM was a new thing back then. And then he told me, it's a great car. I will give you an extra $100 if you want to buy it. And my, my next thought was, does it have an air conditioner? We lived in South Georgia. And he said, I don't know. It has windows. And so that was the story. I bought the car, and he, he gave me an extra $100 to buy the car. And I loved the car. It was a great car. It was a lot of fun. Now, those are just some lessons that my mom and dad taught me about money and finances and hard work. And, and there was one more thing that my dad did. Earlier when I was, I guess, a smaller child, he had a paper route. He did it Monday through, well, he did it seven days a week. And we traveled, and we put the papers in the little box. And um, one Sunday morning, as we're delivering the papers very early, we're listening to gospel music. And I didn't want to listen to gospel music. I basically told my dad, can we change the station? I shouldn't have said that. It got me in a little bit of trouble. And he said, it's the Lord's day. We're going to listen to gospel music. And uh, for me, it was a torturous moment. But again, that moment sowed into my life that God is important, that we need to understand that Jesus is the only way to heaven. And so those little things that my parents did when I was a a little boy and then a teenager and even now into my adult life helps me to become the man that I am today. Now I'm saying that to say to all of us, today the message is from the fifth commandment to honor your father and your mother. And that's a hard thing to do sometimes. And for some, it's probably or could be kind of easy to do. As we've looked at the commandments, the first four dealt with our relationship with God. How do we love God? How do we honor God? How do we celebrate the Sabbath? How do we make sure that we are saying, God, you are the most important relationship in my life. Nothing else is more important than that relationship. Those were the first four commandments. Today, we're shifting the gears a little bit, and we're looking at the relationships we have with other people. Remember, Jesus said this more than once as he walked the earth. He said, the greatest of all the commandments is to love God with all of your heart, soul, mind, and strength. And then he added, and the second is like the first, to love your neighbor as yourself. Why is it you think that God, when he gave the Ten Commandments to the children of Israel, he started with their relationship with him because that was the most important. And then when he started saying, this is how you're to relate to those around you, The first of those was to the parents. Honor your mother and father. You know, the family is a foundational part of every society. And before we dive into that, I want us just to read this this one verse, verse number 12. It simply says this, Honor your father and your mother so that you may have a long life in the land that the Lord your God is giving you. So God was saying to the children of Israel, 
I've, I've told you how you should relate to me. Now, I want us to turn our attention to the most important human relationship any of you will ever have on this earth, and it's your family. And it's specifically the relationship you have with your mother and your father, your mom, your dad, because that is so, it is so key and so critical to how we relate to God, our parents, our siblings, the people we work with, the people we go to church with. In other words, our relationship with our parents affects us in more ways than we probably fully understand. Now, with that said, a family is more than just biology. The family is a lot more than biology. I mean, I have my mom and my dad, and then me, the eldest, the greatest, the most important, I mean, I'm sorry, the the smart, no, nothing. It's me, and then a sister, and then a brother, and then a baby sister. She came along much later. So that's my family. And now we're all grown, and we all are married, and we all have our children, and, and many of us have our grandchildren now. And so my mom and dad are, are uh, they're not just parents, but they're grandparents and great-grandparents, and I think even great-great-grandparents. It makes them sound really old, doesn't it? But my mom and dad are actually pretty vibrant and active. My dad is 80, and my mom is <clears throat> bumping 80. <clears throat> I'm sorry, she's going to get me now. Um, so, so, And my dad is very strong still, and he just retired well, he kind of retired. He's retired, but he's not retired. So I'm saying that to say this. When we think about our parents and when we think about who they are, it's more than biology. Parents help us emotionally or hurt us emotionally. And the spiritual role that they play is very important. Our parents have so much influence. In fact, this is the family the family is really a picture of God's love. Because the New Testament talks about it this way, that the husband loves his wife as Christ loves the church. And what did Jesus do for the church? He died for the church. He sacrificed for the church. And, and the Scripture in the New Testament says that marriage is, is a picture of the body of Christ. And so the family is a fundamental key component of not just life, but for every person. We need family because family is a picture of who we are in God. It, it, it's a picture of God's love. It's a picture of God's grace. The family is a picture of forgiveness. It's a picture of mercy. It is a picture of belonging. You see, the family does all of these things. And yet, there are some families that are not normal. I'm, I was trying to think of a good word, and it just, was, it just wasn't there. I know that in my jobs that I have had since I was a teenager and beyond, but most recently in hospice and pastoring, I have met some families, and the big word is dysfunctional, meaning they're not functioning well, I mean, let's just say it this way. They're crazy. Now, 
I don't mean that disrespectfully. I'm just saying that there are some families that have a lot of stuff going on. And there's a lot of things that, that when we look or you look, and maybe you are in or came from a dysfunctional family, and when you hear me say that a family is, is supposed to be a picture of God's love and a picture of God's grace and a picture of what it means to be in a loving, accepting wholesome environment, and you're thinking, that was not my family. And so when we think about that, I want you to know something. No matter what family you have or had, that's the family God did give you. And I want to say even now, this verse says, honor your father and mother. It didn't say, honor your father and mother if they were happy, helpful, uh, intelligent, uh, spiritual, godly. It didn't say that. It just said, honor your father and your mother. Because God wants us to honor our parents regardless of whether they were good, as defined by society, or bad, as defined by society. It doesn't matter. We honor our parents. And so he made this promise. He made this promise that when we do that, when we honor our parents, he said to the Israelites, and this holds for us today, You'll live a long life, a blessed life, a wonderful life. See, God created the family before he created the church. We have to remember that. The family is indeed foundational. It's in the family that we learn, hopefully, we learn what it means to be responsible, to become mature, to be accountable, to obey laws, to treat people with respect, to learn and appreciate and value the opportunity and the privilege and the honor of worshiping the Creator of all. You see, all of these things the family is foundational and important in, and we, we can never forget that because this is the way God set it up. So how then can we honor our parents? I want to just give you four ways you can honor your parents. The first one is this. Honor your parents by obeying them. Now, if you're a child, teenager, you don't want to hear that right now, probably. You may not want to say, okay, here it comes. I, don't, I have to obey my parents. Yeah, you do. I did not obey my parents perfectly. In fact, if I were to survey each of us, we all disobeyed our parents at one time or another. And some of us were more challenging in obedience than some others of us. There were moments in my personal life when I was a bit sneaky. As a teenager, there was a moment where me and my buddies, we had a plan to toilet paper. The word back then was roll it. We were going to roll our teacher's house. Mr. Hughes was his name. And David and Tim, those were two of my buddies. Henry was the other. They came to my house, and my mom had cooked beef stew that night. Now, this is the way we grew up. My mom immediately said to them, 
would you boys like some supper? And they said, no, ma'am, we've already eaten. Well, you need to eat, boys. You need to take something. Well, so they said, well, we'll just take some meat to go, if that's okay. So we got little pieces of meat. Now, the reason they wanted meat was because Mr. Hughes had dogs. And we knew that if we threw them some meat, they might not bark when we started toilet papering the house. Now, my mom then asked this question, where are you boys going tonight? You know what we said? Study. We're going to study. Where are you going to go study? Probably the library. We lied through our teeth. Off we went, and yes, we did toilet paper Mr. Hughes' house. It was beautiful. Uh, he had these big, huge oak trees where the toilet paper roll would just bounce from limb to limb. It was the most beautiful job we had ever done, toilet papering a house. My mom later found, I mean later found out, years later found out, I was not always the most obedient child. By the way, we did get in trouble at school the next day because Mr. Hughes caught us because of Henry Purvis. <sighs> Choose your friends wisely is all I'm saying. Choose your friends wisely. Because when the front porch light on, came on, the rest of us hit the deck in the ditch. What did Purvis do? And I remember hearing Mr. Hughes say, Henry? And then he took off running. Well, anyway. Obeying your parents is, is fundamental. It's a part of God's plan. We, we need to learn to to say, Mom and Dad, I, 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 we don't all, in other words, I'm going to work hard to be an obedient child, an obedient teenager. And parents should enforce and train and help children to learn to follow the rules. It's Listen, why do we have rules? Why, why do we have rules in the house? I'm, I am not going to talk about any of my children today. Because Rhonda and I, while we had rules, we both did it very differently. I was the nice one. That's all I'm going to say. I was the weak link. But here, here's what I'm saying. When we are teaching children to do chores, to follow the rules, and we're teaching children to be mature, responsible adults. So that when they get out of the house... They know what it means to work. They know what it means to be responsible. They know what it means to earn a living. They know what it means to, to be a mature adult. And so parents, you've got a responsibility to teach and train your children to be obedient. And children, I encourage you to be obedient. There was a story I read and I, I actually, I researched it because I didn't believe it to be true. But the story goes something like this. The guy said he grew up on a farm, and his dad would take duck eggs, and then when he went to collect the chicken's eggs, he would replace the chicken eggs with the duck eggs because the hens wanted to roost and brood. And then when those eggs hatched, he said, I observed this hen giving birth, so to speak, or hatchlings, with little ducklings. 
And the little ducklings followed the mama hen all through the yard. And then he saw the ducks went straight for the water. And the mama freaked out because in her chicken mind, you don't go in the water. You rebellious little children. Now, that's what happens when we disobey our parents. Our parents say, you're going to get hurt. You're going to bring harm to yourself. Now, in that case, they weren't chickens. Bird brains, what can we say? All right, let me move on to the second one. The second way you can honor your parents is by respecting them. To respect your parents. Even if you grew up in a home where your parents were horrible, as you define horrible, if you say, my parents don't deserve respect, they don't deserve to be honored, you don't know what it was like to live with my mom or my dad, you're right, I don't. All I'm telling you is this. God says that He wants you, He expects you to respect your parents. You don't trash their name. You don't talk bad about them. I'm still of that mindset that that we still say, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am, yes, sir, and no, sir. We respect them. We may not always agree with our parents. We may not always like what our parents expect or do, but we must always respect them because they're the parents that God gave you to raise you. God wants you to learn from them and grow from them. Some of you may remember the song, The Cats in the Cradle. It's back in the 70s. It's kind of a, you know, thing for some people today. The the premise of the song was this. The father was raising his son. It was about the father and the son. Short story is the dad rarely had time for the son. And the son would say throughout the song, I'm going to grow up to be just like my dad. Well, he did. Now that the father is old and he just wants to spend time with his son and his grandson, his son was too busy to spend time with him. See, we, we learn so much from our parents. And if your parents are not giving you what you want or expect or hope for, God still wants you to respect them, to honor them. First, because of the position that they have. Many of us are still working. And we have bosses. We have people that supervise us. If you're married, you have a boss. I'll leave it there. Let you decide who the boss of the marriage is. You have a boss. We have to respect our boss, even if we don't like our boss or we don't value our boss. That's called respect. And God wants us to to respect the position and the person who is our parent. We respect them by the words that we use. If we slander our mom or dad, or if we put our mom or dad down, or if we belittle them in front of others, that is not respecting our mom or our dad. We use uplifting words, positive words. We respect them by our actions. In other words, we say, I am going to treat you the way I want to be treated. You see, that, that's the whole thing of what Jesus said, right? To love your neighbor as yourself. 
We, we, want, we should treat our parents with respect. Because if we fail to treat our parents with respect, we're probably going to struggle with treating other people with respect. The same is true of our brothers, our sisters. The same is true of those of us who are married, husbands and wives. We treat each other with respect. Now, we also do it after our parents have passed away. One hospice patient many years ago that I cared for shared with me her and her daughter had a falling out years before. And, and she wondered what she could do to right the relationship the mother did. She and I talked about that more than once, and I offered to call the daughter. I offered to, to write her a card or a letter, and basically, could you call your mama? Could you come and visit your mom? And this lady said, nope, 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 nope. The day that she died, I almost picked up the phone and called this daughter and said, your mama has passed away. And you know, at that point, it's too late. I don't even think the daughter came to her mama's funeral. And that's, the, that's not the only time I could say it because this story, at least in my hospice experiences, has happened multiple times. I, I've, I have sat in the homes of many people and listened as they bashed their dead parents and talked about how awful they were and how they didn't, and just fill in your blanks, they didn't do this or they didn't do that. God says to honor your parents while they're alive. Respect them even after their death. And you will live a long life. Another way we can honor our parents is by caring for them. Oh, well, this one's a tough one. Because many of you have been there and are getting there. And if you're not, you will be there. In, in my day work of hospice, I see some children, most children, thankfully most, who take really good care of their parents. Now think about this for a moment. Most of us live at home maybe, what, 18 years? Uh, 25 years? I don't know. When I was 18, I couldn't wait to go. And 18, I'm like, boom, gone. That's okay. My mama changed many diapers on this boy's body. She fed me. My daddy put up with my crazy antics for 18 years. By the way, the last whooping, many of you know, the, I mean, literally, the last whooping I got, I was 18. Now, that's not what caused me to leave home. I deserved it, by the way. I was a rebellious, obnoxious, stubborn, bullheaded 18-year-old. <laughs> Some of y'all are looking at each other. So here, here's what I'm saying. I'm saying to you, my parents raised me and helped me become the man that I am today. When, when you think about your parents, they raised you. And a part of honoring your parents is caring for them when they are not able to care for themselves. 
And, and that can be in a number. I've seen so many children, and I'm just going to use the word, abandon their parents in their old age. And when I say abandon, they may put them in a nursing home and just leave them there and not even come, and I've seen it happen too many times, even when they breathe their last or are breathing their last, their children don't even show up. I don't feel that's honoring. That's my own feeling. I, I just don't get it. There have been some country songs written. I can't remember the specific name of this one in my brain right now, but the guy was, I've got to get home because mama's dying. He was trying his best to get home before mama died. It seems that we're losing some of that in our world today. I've had patients, patients, not patients, I've had sons and daughters tell me when I visit their mom or dad for the very first time and I call them and say, hey, I'm Sam, and they say, they've got dementia, they don't even know you're there, why are you even going? And I think to myself, what is wrong with you? They are still alive and they're still breathing. Even if they may not know you, they deserve your presence. They deserve your face. They deserve your company. There have been some hospice patients I've cared for. The only person that they saw was the staff at the nursing home or the assisted living home. Their children never showed up. I am saying to you, honoring your mother and your father means caring for them in their old age. That may mean you bring them into your home. It may mean you put them in an assisted living. It may mean they go to a nursing home. It may mean you hire sitters. Ever how you care for them, you care for them and you give them your presence. While I'm on this rant, this is my little rant, let me just say this too. When your parents reach the end of their life, don't be those children that say, I am not changing my mama's or my daddy's diaper because I don't want to see them that way. If you're in the, the medical field or have worked in the medical field, or if you remember what it was like when you had children, you know what happens when you have a wet diaper or a soiled diaper unchanged for two or three days? The skin starts to break down, and that causes more problems. That is inhumane and ungodly. I am saying to you, you got to do what you got to do. You may not want to do it, but to honor your parents to say, I am going to care for you in these days because it is the right thing to do. I'm going to honor you. To not take care of them is to dishonor your parents. And if you just say, I can't do it, then hire somebody to do it. Give them a bath. Change their diaper. Don't be that child. The last thing I want to share with you, and this is going to be quick, this doesn't apply to a lot, but it's, it's forgiving. You can honor your parents by forgiving them if there's something they did that was so horrendous or so awful that you just can't let it go. 
if your mom or your dad or both of them treated you so horribly, and, when, and, and I'm just going to say incest or beating, I mean physical beating, tortured you or whatever they did that was really horrific, you have to forgive them. You don't approve of what they did, but you have to forgive. Why? Because Jesus himself said, if you cannot forgive, I will not forgive you. We have to learn to forgive. If Jesus is our Lord and if Jesus is our Savior, and if we've been born again, we have to forgive even our parents if we've been wronged. That's not easy, but it's necessary. I told Rhonda last night as I was looking over these notes and this sermon, I said, I don't, I don't know how this is going to go tomorrow. These are some things that, that mean so much. And I, I hope and I pray that you will be able to honor your parents because God wants you to honor your parents. Because, you see... When we honor our parents, God does say we'll live a long life, a long, prosperous life, a meaningful life, a purposeful life. But as we honor our parents, you know what else we're doing? We're also honoring God himself. So honor your parents, whether they were the greatest ones or the worst ones or somewhere in between. It just doesn't matter. God says, honor your father and your mother. Let's pray together.